Speaks Radio. Today we're going to be doing a video interview all the way over uh, with our guest in the Netherlands, and I'm so thrilled to have her with us. Um, we actually have the founder of Worldwide Snoozeland, and a lot of you listening here in the States and in other countries don't have a clue what even Snoozeland is, and so we're going to break that ground and get that to you. I'm Lori LeBay, the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, and my mom had dementia for 30 years, and I am all about raising everyone's voice, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what position you're in. If you have a story to tell, or a service or product or tool, I wanna hear about it. And that includes those living with dementia and those caring for them as well. We're all in this together. So we are going to be, like I said, talking today with, with Elsa Octavera, and I know I'm not saying that right, so I'm going to have her say her name correctly. All I know is that it means behind the mountain. <laughs> and she is, again, the founder of Worldwide Snoozeland and has been an activities therapist and specialist in MSE, which is multi-sensory environments or Snoozeland for over 25 years. She actually initiated and developed the multi-sensory approach for elderly with dementia in the Netherlands. And during those years, Elsa also specialized in further integration of the MSC in Snoozeland into 24-hour care in nursing homes and expanded the target markets even further. And so she'll talk with us about that. But some of the other targets have been like autism, ADHD, um, people with multiple physical and mental handicaps and learning disabilities. And I would imagine post-traumatic stress probably fits right in there too with that. Um, so welcome, Elsa. I am just, I am so excited for this show because I, I really, really believe in your work and it, it, more people need to learn about it and embrace it. So thank you so much for, for staying up late and talking to us here today. Well, thank you very much for inviting me all the way from uh, the Netherlands into America. So I'm very excited to be on your show. Thank you. Well, great. I always ask everyone who's on my show, the first question is, have you been touched by dementia in your own circle of family or friends? I have been uh, seeing dementia during my work, but also my grandfather, uh, he got dementia. And um, for me, working uh, as, an, as, as a professional with dementia, for me, it was also very difficult to see my own grandfather uh, having dementia. And um, I was the same as every family member um, trying to get the best care for my grandfather. And I got upset and I got angry and I was frustrated because I wanted the best care for my grandfather, forgetting that he was uh, having dementia. Um, 
and, and, and trying to find his well-being. So I was not such a nice family member sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know how that is. I, I stood up and, and kind of uh, voiced myself strongly and fiercely at times as well. Yes. And yes. I, think, I think that's part of the job, you know? Yes, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, can you explain to our audience exactly what is Snoozalin? Yeah, of course. Um, Snoozalin is a way of making uh, contact through the senses because people with dementia, um, they are losing uh possibilities within the brain the brain is going to be broken and the only part what is left is the senses and feelings so that's in the inner brain um so the only thing what we can reach by people with dementia is that inner brain where we can make contact with them so we must make contact through the senses and how do we do that by feeling touch smelling uh, hearing um, and, and, and that is our entrance. And that is why we need an environment of Snoozelen, uh, sense stimulation, to, make, to try to make contact with them and try to uh, influence behavior and try to give them more moments of well-being during the day with appropriate uh, equipment, materials and approach. How did you get into all of this sensory stuff? Were you trained on that, or is that something that you learned during, you know, being an activity therapist? Okay, um, I was 19 years old, and I had my education for an activity occupational therapist, and I started to work in an organization with people with dementia. And my first um, place where I started to work with, was with people with severe dementia. So I, in those days, 30 years ago, I had uh, 30 clients uh, with severe dementia, one living uh, area, living room. And um, I had learned to do task and demanded activities. So my first activity when I was 19 years old, I was doing flower arranging. So I put 10 residents uh, around the table. And my goal was from 2 till 4 o'clock in the afternoon to make lovely flower arrangings that I can put on the table. Um, and that the living room was looking lovely. And when I, um, I put 10 uh, residents around the table and uh, I put the flowers and the pots and um, uh, the leaves on the table. And my goal was um, to have those lovely arrangements at the end of the activity. But then um, it, it started. The, the, my clients with dementia, they took the flowers and they put them in their bag. Um, they put the flowers upside down in the pot. Uh, some uh, clients try to eat the flowers. Some put them in their hair. Some put them in their shirts. And what I was doing was correcting them during those two hours of this activity. No, not in your bag. No, don't eat them. No, don't do this and don't do that. So I was correcting my clients with dementia who are in their 80s and 90s. At the end of the activity, at uh, half past uh, three, uh, I had two clients left on the table, and the other clients were frustrated and angry walking in the corridors because I was correcting them. 
um, I did not have any flower arrangements to put on the tables. Um, so if I'm now correcting you constantly, oh, you don't look nice or you don't do this, uh, you don't want to talk to me anymore. That was what's happening with my clients. I still can do uh, flower arranging with my clients, but it's not about task-demanded activities, but it's about experience. They can smell the flowers. And if they want to put the flowers upside down in the bowl or the vase, I can say, oh, well done. Um, if they want to um, take them off and make something what they like to do, I can say, oh, that's, that's very nice who you do that. So it's more about how they experience equipment, materials, um, and it's not about task demanding. It's not about correcting. It's about that we can go into their world and try to understand how they experience equipment, their environment, and how we react to each other. And that's the way how we can con uh, make contact with each other. What a great lesson you learned out of that, you know, yes. one, one activity. Yeah, uh, but but the the the, four, the first two uh, the two weeks, I came home crying by my parents. I was saying, "Oh my God, what can I do for these clients?" Because I was educated, task and demanded. We have to make activities. We have to do this, that, this, and this. But the world of people with dementia is completely different as my world. So I learned that I have to go into their world and they are sometimes not able to come to my world. So that was my lesson. What a gift you learned that at such a young age and what, yeah. you, what you've accomplished yes. you know, through learning that and, and embracing what it is you've learned. Now, um, Snooslin can be integrated into 24-hour care homes. Yes. And, and um, can it also be integrated into, let's see, my home? You know? Yes. So why don't we talk about that? How does, how does somebody integrate into a, into a commercial-based home, you know, a community setting, and then okay. in their own home? Okay. First of all, we all snoozel. When Snoozelen started in Holland, it was for the severe people with disabilities. Then in the 90s, we said, okay, maybe, because I said, maybe Snoozelen can be something for people with dementia. Nowadays, we say everyone wants to snoozel. It's about well-being. Um, maybe before you went on the show, uh, you took a, lo a lovely shower or you had a lovely meal. Maybe this weekend you go um, with your husband to the movie or you go to the sauna. Um, this morning, when I stood in traffic, I had to go to an appointment. What I could do was getting out of my car and scream to the car in front of me, go away, I have to go to my appointment. But what I did, because I was standing in traffic, I tried to calm myself down. So I put the radio on and I said to myself, okay, let's make a phone call. I'm coming late 10 minutes. So we are all doing the whole day something with our senses and well-being. So snoozling is not so difficult. Um, of course, for our clients with disabilities and dementia and ADHD and autism, we need the environment of a multisensory environment or a snoozling room to find out uh, what their preference is uh, about senses and about equipment. Because if I ask you, Laurie, what do you like to do in the weekends? Maybe you go to the beach or you go to the museums. 
So if I have to snuzzle with you, I first need to know what you like. And that's my goal. How do you say it? That's my uh, start to snuzzle with you. Okay, and that makes perfect sense. And I love how you say that everybody snoozles because it is yes. about calming ourselves down, finding that peacefulness. And, you know, that could be through many different things. Like you said, it, it, could, it could be music. It could be sitting outside, listening to the birds um, yes. eat and smelling the flowers. Or it could be for some people going for a run or fishing or, I mean, there's just, it's endless because we all have different likes and dislikes. So it makes total sense to say, what is it you, my client want and need, you know, yeah. what's going to make you feel comfortable and relaxed. Um, so that's a, that is, so that can apply definitely for, care partners at home taking care of their loved ones as well as is putting that that feeling first and getting some of those remedies that naturally calm us down um, yeah. getting those lined up for a person who's living with dementia as well it's yeah good. but but for for us as um caregivers or uh, therapists the family is the most important uh, part of the snoozelen uh, method because the family um, the wife or the husband or the brother or the sister um, they have they know their uh, they know our clients so i need all the information from the family so the family is so important of the method of snoozelen about the life history um, i need to know everything about uh, the client in a nursing home or in an institution so we need the family who can give us all those details so they are very important for us okay that that makes that makes perfect sense now can you give us a couple of, of different snoozelin rooms that you've put together and how it's met a, a specific person's or community's needs yeah okay the, the snoozelin is is going very wide um what we do in the netherlands uh, we make uh, snoozelin bathrooms we need we make snoozelin bedrooms we make snoozelen corridors because lots of people with dementia, they are wandering around in the nursing home. They have that, um, um, they want to walk. And what we try to do in those corridors is that we make experienced snoozelen places in the hope that we can trigger them to sit down for five minutes or 10 minutes. Um, we make snoozelen rooms, of course, but we also make. Um, normally you had in um, the organization for people with disabilities you had the the isolation rooms we are not uh, willing to use isolation rooms anymore in Holland or isolation restrictions for clients with dementia we are trying to look for different uh, sense stimulation uh, so we make comfort rooms that's how we call it comfort snoozelen rooms uh, in the hope that we can find the right stimulation sense stimulation for each client because each client is different reacting on their preference or uh, for equipment or preference with their senses so we are trying to find specially equipment um, to help them instead of putting them in isolation rooms or restriction um, things 
I don't know how you call it. <laughs> Sorry. No, that no, that that's worded perfectly. So, can you give us some examples of what would you put in a bathroom? Okay, what we, what we put in a bathroom is uh, a normal bathroom for clients with dementia. Everything is white. If you are having dementia, uh, if you go into a white room, a, a white uh, washing table, white tiles, a white toilet, there is no difference. You can't see the toilet. You can't see the um, the. the, the the, the how do you call it the where you can wash because everything is white what we need to do in uh, bathrooms uh, or snoozeland rooms or in living rooms is that we make clear that the toilet needs a black or a wooden seat so they can see that they are not going into a white room but there is a toilet with a wooden seat do you understand a little bit what i mean Oh, totally, totally. Okay, uh, because the the perception and the sightseeing of clients with dementia is completely different as what we see. We can walk outside the door, but if, for example, if you go from your living door inside your uh, hallway where your coats and shoes are hanging, it can feel the doormat in front of your door, it can feel like it's a hole in the ground. So we must be very aware about how people with dementia can experience things. Maybe you can understand or um, recognize that if you give someone a cup of coffee with a, where you put your coffee on, a plate, it's white. And the coffee cup in an institution is also white. People with dementia will put their coffee cup not on the white plate, but put it on the table because there is no connection between white. So we must make different uh, colors in rooms so we make an enriched environment. Like a beach room, we can, we, can, we can work with the lights so we can put the rooms in a different uh, setting. Um, so that's very important that we can point out, okay, this is a normal floor and it's not a hole in the floor where you uh, can fall in. So that's why we use all the equipment of Snooslin. So for example, when you were saying, you know, having the toilet seat be a wooden or a color or something, so it sets out so that they can distinguish that it's there, which makes yeah. perfect sense. And the, uh, the depth perception of people seeing maybe a black floor mat thinking it's a hole. I remember my mom doing that and we'd be walking along. She'd be holding my, holding my hand or holding onto my arm. And all of a sudden that foot would go out in front of her and she'd be tapping, you know, yep. when, when we would change from maybe asphalt to concrete or walk on the grass, anytime there was a color change, she was unsure. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of people Still to this day don't understand and grasp what we see isn't what they see and so it's really important to help them find those targets like the toilet or like putting their coffee coffee cup you know on the saucer plate um, or even having I would imagine in a dining room having a, a, a standard solid color cloth over the table versus having something with a lot of designs and things that can be confusing so that they can have that distinct 
see that distinct difference. Yeah, uh, the, the, maybe I can explain it a little bit more with this example. Um, sometimes uh, uh, the women with dementia, they, they love the doll. Maybe you heard about the doll therapy. When I started with the doll therapy, uh, we brought the doll inside um, the nursing home and all the mothers, they, they love to hold the doll. For us as caregivers and therapists, it was a doll. But for a client with dementia, it's their baby. It's a child. We had to learn that. But if you give a doll to a client with dementia, a mother who wants to take care of their child, you have to provide equipment. So you have to provide the diapers and you have to provide uh, the stroller and uh, all that. For me, it was very difficult to see a lady, 84 years old, walking behind a stroller with a doll inside because she was a mother of seven children. She had her whole life. So for me, that was very, I was said, oh, no, we can't do that. But when I was standing next to her and I said, oh, are you taking a walk with your child? The mother was smiling and was saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to the park or this is my baby. So we mustn't forget that. That's what, 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 what I was trying to say. We must go into their world. And uh, they can't come to our world because their brain is going to be damaged. And if they feel that the doll is a real child, we must provide that. How difficult sometimes it is. And I understand that for family it can be very difficult because you, you want to be that doll as a daughter. And if we can explain that in the right way about how the senses are working because that's the only thing what people are having with dementia the senses and the feeling about what they are feeling um that's so important well and i love that story because i think it is really true where people go and oh that's childish can't do that in fact on um the show i just did uh, we were talking about that and they were doing an activity and her dad um, was a, just a fantastic athlete and they were playing with a, a noodle in a ball in a beach ball or something and yeah. she, she got very upset and that was childish and my you know my dad was a big sports figure and yeah. this, this is degrading to him yeah. and so I, I stopped her and I, and I said I understand that because I've been there yeah. but what I've also learned is who is it degrading to were you was it your feeling or was it his? You know, yeah, but that's difficult. That's difficult if you are a child. Yep, yep. But I think it's one of those things that we have to talk about more in terms of, you know, the feelings and for people to really get in tune with the nonverbals yes. that are being stated. You know, are they smiling? Do they have a glint in their eye? Are they laughing? Are they, are they just yeah. content and happy? Yeah. Um, who doesn't want to be those things? You know, it's a whole other thing if they're appearing anxious or angry or frustrated. You know, uh, that was one of the lessons I learned on my 30-year journey because my mom had dementia for 30 years, um, yeah. was to get out of my ego to really give her the dignity because what was once maybe important to her wasn't anymore. 
Want in de snoezelen, nu je was not forget, that the family is the most important uh, part of the snoezelen. Because we need the life history. We need uh, the, 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 the life history from uh, a client with dementia. We, we need to talk with the family um, from the start when they were born through their life. Because um, I need to know when I start with snoezelen, if someone, um, what kind of music did they listen? Did they listen to classical music or did they listen to country music or what kind of, did they listen to Elvis Presley, for example? I need to know what kind of music. What did they do in the weekends? Did they go to the beach or did they go to museums? That's for me very important to start my snoezelen sessions with clients with dementia, if they, even if they don't have verbal communication. Because if I know that someone loves the beach, I can bring the sand, I can bring the shells, I can bring the sounds of the beach and the, uh, the how do you call them? The seals? How do you call those birds? I don't know how you call them. Um, I can bring the, the, the smell of the, and the wind of the beach. So that's my start of making contact and trying to provide well-being. And if we can do that during the 24-hour care, how about waking up instead of, hello, good morning, the day is starting and we open the curtains and uh, I'm going to wash you, instead of the snoozelen concept, you put the, the favorite music on and the favorite smell. And you whisper, hello, I'm going to wake you. Do you want to have breakfast in bed? Or do you want to sit in the living room? It's a different way of starting your day And that is how snoezelen can be during the 24-hour care because it's it's an approach. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people like myself were uh, were under the thought that it was a room that was entered. But you're right; it's so much is an approach. It is a it is a care model because you can incorporate this throughout the day. Yes. Uh, Now, do you do um, rooms for, let's say, let's say for a community, different types of snoozel in rooms for communities? You had mentioned like a beach room, but do you have other themes? We have lots of nursing homes where people are wondering and they can't stop wondering. So what we are trying to do in the corridors is that we make experience uh, parts in corridors. And what we see in the Netherlands is that Each city or each town is um, making their corridors with images of their own town. Uh, for example, if in a, a in a little village the church was very important or the market was very important, we make images on the wall. Uh, if the flower market uh, in Holland with the tulips was very important in, the, in that city, uh, we put all kinds of uh, vases with, with, with tulips. So uh, we try to connect with their living um, environment where they grew up and where they have lived and what was important in their life. So that are, is about the corridors. Then you have the bathrooms. What we say in Snoozeland is that you need seven basic things in a room in a bathroom, in a corridor. So that's light. That's a good sitting or lying element. That's your bubble tubes with your mirror. That's music. It's smell. And it's your fiber optic that are the lights uh, strings. Do you know a fiber optic? Those light strings. So that are the seven 
basic things what you need in a snoozling room. Okay, so when you said the bubble tubes, are, are those, uh, I'm thinking what they are, we used to have them, I want to say back in the 70s, where they were big tubes and different colors that would glow, yes. and these bubble blobs would kind of go up, is that, that what you're talking? Yes, yes, you have those bubble tubes where the water goes and the bubbles go up. Uh, what we do, we most of the time we place them in a corner, because if you uh, place mirrors in a corner on the wall and you put one bubble tube in front of it and you have a mirror behind and a mirror behind like this then you have four bubble tubes i think this is dutch cheapnessness <laughs> i love that idea and i'm sure everyone loves that idea of being able to to multiply what it is in terms of cost i mean that that's very smart to be able to yeah, but the bubble tubes uh, are, uh, if you feel, you can look at the bubbles, they can go up or down. If you feel the bubbles, you can feel the vibration or the of the bubbles. But also the bubbles are, with the mirrors behind them, are giving me the ability to make not direct eye contact, how we are making direct eye contact that can be very... Um, um, frustrating or threatening for clients if you make direct eye contact. So through the mirrors, we can make indirect eye contact. Um, so we can build up the uh, making contact with our clients through the eyes. So that's why we have the mirrors behind the bubble tubes. Oh, I love that. That's a, that's a great, great point. Wonderful. Yeah, some of clients with dementia, they don't know what's going on. So if you are having care in the morning and you don't know what's going on, so you are going to be aggressive or in resistance. So then the next morning, two caregivers are coming and maybe the next day, three caregivers are coming. Um, so what we are trying to do with the calls of snoozling is that we are trying to make the 24-hour care more well-being. It's, it's funny because when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of my mom who was in the nursing home and I remember going in to the direct, the executive director one day and I said, I, I want to buy all new shower heads for the, for the showers because yes. I, I had learned that they lose their fat pad and, and the pressure can actually hurt them. And I yeah. couldn't figure out why. So I said, I want to buy all shower heads for, for the community. And, you know, the director said, well, why? And I said, well, because it, it hurts her. I said, I, I have tons of other ideas for your bathroom. And he's like, you're not going to believe this, but we're remodeling. And a lot of, I guess, what I was doing was kind of creating a snoozling room in terms of the color. I wanted music pumped in. I wanted aromatherapy. I wanted a heated floor and heated tall bars. And just to make that that um, whole experience different. And then I said, and what would be ideal for me is if you could teach all of them to sing their music with them while they're in the shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I had, I didn't, I didn't really know that's, that's what it was uh, yeah. in terms of doing that. But, you know, it, it makes such a huge, huge difference. And we, yeah. and yet we didn't incorporate all a lot of other key pieces that you just mentioned. But I think there's so much that we can do in our in our own homes, um, and just you know philosophy-wise of approach 
like you were talking about, this isn't this isn't a room, this isn't a one-time experience, this is ongoing to be able to give them comfort. And if we can all think about, again, what brings us comfort might not be what brings the person with dementia comfort. So, I mean, it's important, like you said, to have those, those people that know them and love them to share those stories because um, we could be really off on our perceptions. Um, yeah, I think if you are working with clients with dementia or other clients, uh, it means that you have to be uh, empathic. Uh, and the only question what you must ask yourself every day, what would I like if I was sitting there? Good point. That's the only question. Yep, very good point. Now, what have you seen in terms of making these, and I love that you call them comfort rooms, because who, I mean, I just want to go crawl into one right now, you know, it's yeah. just, who, who doesn't want that? Um, how, how have you seen that change behavior? Uh, uh, what we see normally uh, in, when we didn't have the comfort rooms, we have those isolation rooms, and we had those restrictions uh, for clients who were restless or sad or aggressive or whatever what we now have those comfort rooms how great is that if we have those if we, we use the method of snoozlen we know what their preference is of um, their senses we know what the preference is of equipment so people can go in before they go aggressive or sad or whatever behavior they can can even if they don't have verbal communication they can let us know i need the snoozlen now before i get upset or before i get aggressive i need to go into this room and listen to my music listen uh, smell the smell what i love if if it's lavender or is it uh, basil or whatever so um what we can also do is teach them and learn them before i explode i want to go in that room that's what we do with comfort rooms so we don't um we don't want to punish people with with isolation rooms but we want to to be give to be able how do you say to be able to give them uh, the possibility to say for themselves okay i have enough i need my moment before i explode and that also works with people with severe handicaps and severe dementia and that's wonderful instead of isolation rooms I'm just thinking it'd be great in any corporate environment as well, where people are just like, ah, with their job and they just need a little time out. And a little yeah, we, I get a lot of people now, normal people with depression or burnout. Uh, and they say, oh, I want to go to your snoozling rooms. Uh, let me be alone in the rooms. I put my own, I bring my own music. Uh, I like those smells. So we put the smells on. I like those colors. And they can do their thing for one hour or whatever they like in the snoozling room instead of going to the sauna or to the movies or whatever. It's an environment where you can influence behavior. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. And I think nowadays, um, just in general society, we all need to kind of calm down because everything's kind of riled up. Yeah, no matter 
no matter what your lifestyle is, or, you know, or economic status or health situation, life is, like you said, very hectic and very busy and uh, at times very confusing and, <laughs> and can, be, can be scary. Um, I can see where this can benefit not only the person with dementia, but staff as well as families to be able to, to enjoy that. Um, at my mom's nursing home, we had um, raised funds to build a, a big um, patio with a, with a waterfall. Um, and they thought, oh, there's no way we can do this. And I'm like, it's not, it really isn't all that expensive. And it, like uh, the director said, it, this has changed who we are because everybody goes out there because it's just, it was, you know, you have beautiful gardens, you have that waterfall piece and it was just it was just comforting for and, and fun for everyone to be able to go out and visit so I think all of us looking at environments if it's at your home or if it's in a commercial setting in a, in a community you know we really need to look at what what are we bringing people what are we what are we giving them because um, everybody needs that sense of peace and Sometimes that's hard to find at home, you know. <laughs> and, that's true. and and of course, I will be honest. Schnuzzelen is not a, uh, the miracle, but it it can help. It's an approach, and if everyone in the organization is using it, then you get an approach during the 24-hour care. We must realize that an organization has 24 hours. It's not only the day shift or the evening shift or the night shift. Uh, it's not about the task we do during the day. It's about if someone is sad, you take your time to be with that client who is sad. And the dishwasher, the evening uh, shift can also clean the dishwasher. And if the evening uh, shift is not able to do that, the other, uh, the night shift can do that. We must think about organization. We are a 24 hour uh, 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 approach. And uh, if my client needs this at that moment uh, for snoozeling or sense stimulation or an approach, that's what we need to do. So all the tasks are uh, not important. Of course, they are important, but we must organize it in, uh, in between those 24-hour care. And snoozeling is not difficult. It's not about that the caregivers are walking with bubble tubes okay. and water beds. Um, but it's about that they can ask in the morning, do you, what, do you like the smell of your own soap? Do you want to have a, a red uh, a dress or a blue dress that they can make a choice? Do you want a sandwich with chocolate or cheese or jam? that they can make a choice. It's all sense stimulation during the day. It's not difficult. I love that, but it is about slowing down and, and being present and, and asking and observing. And yeah. I think sometimes we get, um, I know for myself, I created a tool called Your Memory Chip. And yeah. I, I, because I was getting too task oriented and for me, I, I, you know, I was like the queen of checklists. And so what I had to do was I still had to get my checklist done, but that couldn't be my primary focus. I had to focus on three simple things. Was my mom safe? Was she happy? And was she pain free? Because those were really the most critical. And then how I did my tasks varied. You know, I could let go of things. I could adjust things, but I was much more present. And it, and it really helped me. I think read her nonverbals more. 
yeah. uh, as the disease progressed. And it helped me as a care partner um, just take a breath in and relax with her when she was calm instead of always, you know, you're always geared up and ready to go type thing. And, and so I think, um, I think getting us all in tune about not only what is their behavior, but what is our own. Because we, we all come with our own stuff, too, and sometimes they can, be, they can be perfectly fine until we walk in the room, and then they mirror back our anxiousness or frustration or anger, and then we blame them, and, and they were perfectly fine. So I think all of this gets us more aware of behaviors and comfort levels. And, yeah, and, it, and Sorry to interrupt you, but for, for me now, as a Switzerland therapist, it's easy to say, uh, do it like this. But if you are a daughter or a son or a brother or a wife or a husband, it's very difficult to see how your uh, beloved family is getting dementia. I understand that. But um, th that's why we as therapists uh, in Snoesland are trying to help to make that connection in a different way and not as normal persons but yeah your your beloved family member uh, your mother or your father or your brother or sister is having dementia so that's a, a, a very terrible process but within that process we can help you to find a new way of making contact i really understand the the pain and the the process, of course. Yeah, and I, to me, I, I, I kind of look at it, this is a societal issue. This is how we were brought up. Because, you know, you think of most people when it comes to a small child, they are there to comfort. They are there to reassure. Yeah, They're reading all those signs. But as we grow older, we are still reading all those signs. We're just not even aware of it. You know, but we're taking it all in. And what people with dementia say all the time is that um, for care partners and stuff, you know, turn around and talk to me because I need to see your lips. I need to see your facial expressions. And that's made them more aware. They're like, I didn't know I read lips before. And I, and I think we take it for granted as we're older. And if we can learn to be as compassionate with adults with an illness um, or a or child with, you know, with a disability or whatever, as we are with a small child. Have you seen these rooms and tools help reduce pain and, and restlessness and things? We did a research in the Netherlands for two years with uh, the research institution. It's called the NIFEL. Uh, you can find it on my website if you want uh, the, the research. Um, what we find in the research is that the effects of the snoozelen are uh, reducing uh, restlessness and aggression medication. It reduces, reduces um, agitated and restlessness uh, behavior. It reduces uh, the illness uh, number of caregivers. Um, before we started with Snoozelen, the illness uh, number for caregivers, the nurses, was 17.4. That meant for us on the department that we didn't have four nurses because they were ill. After one year integrated Snoozelen in the 24-hour care, 
the uh, illness rate for nurses was 7.3. That meant that uh, because of the snoozeren concept, the caregivers were, uh, uh, were able to organize their own care. They were able to give better care, care how they wanted to give it. They were able to make uh, care choices. So I don't, for example, uh, when someone says in the morning, oh, I'm so tired, I don't want to come out of bed. The caregiver could make the choice. Okay, not this morning, but we can do it this afternoon or maybe tonight because we are a 24-hour organization. So that gave them more, uh, how do you say it, possibilities in, in organizing their own care. So these are big effects, especially for medication going down and uh, your illness rate number is going down and um, the behavior of clients became more calmer because we are providing an approach and needs that the clients uh, needed. So that's uh, scientifically research what we have done. Wonderful. Well, and there's a lot of people that want that information, so I'm sure they'll be going to the to the website worldwidesnoozeland.com and, and looking that up. You have so much great information on your site. It's it's really quite wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's all around the world. Every everyone who is doing something with Snoozeland is on Worldwide Snoozeland, and everything is free because um, I want everyone who needs something with Snoozeland for what kind of client group they can find it for free well that's that's nice that's much appreciated because uh, uh it's just so important that this concept gets spread and that people understand that we can really have a big impact by just changing some some minor things in not only our behavior and our actions but in what we have what we're surrounding people with and you know when they're calm we're calm i mean yes. that's the way it goes so it it really it has this this huge ripple effect and it, it's just so it's a wonderful thing to be able to see and to be able to teach people to really look for the joy and the calmness in life because that's really all most of us want here anyways is is to feel like we belong and and that we can have some fun and, and be relaxed. And, and yeah, but that's what we all want. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you, you've um, really helped kind of decomplicate, I think, what people think this is all about. And you've kind of pulled the, pulled the, uh, the curtain back on the wizard to, uh, to say and, um, and shown us some great insights there. Now, you're also in the process of writing a book. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, because uh, Snoozeland started in the Netherlands in 1974, so that's uh, 40 years ago, and uh, it started for clients with uh, mental disabilities, and in the 80s, I then uh, tried to develop the Snoozeland for clients with dementia, but in Holland, the concept of Snoozeland is very known. So if I'm going to work in an organization tomorrow, I say, oh, I want to do something with Snoozer, and everyone will say, oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, we didn't have done a lot of research in Holland because we know it's working. The research, what we have done, we say, yeah, it's working. Uh, what I learned now through all the 
countries where I work with together, especially America and Israel and, uh, and Canada, um, in those countries, in your countries, before you want to do something with Snoozeland in your organization, you must prove to your organization that it's working. So first you have to do research. So America, uh, Canada, Israel, uh, France, they are much further, Sweden, Denmark, whatever, they are much further with research about Snoozeland. Um, for example, Linda Mesbauer from Queens, she's working with children with autism and ADHD. She has done amazing work about uh, Snoozeland and, and, and the way of using your environment. Um, Michelle Shapiro from Israel, she is working with children with uh, mental disabilities and the dentist, Miami, Gillian uh, Hutz is working with coma patients in a hospital. So all the countries around uh, the Netherlands uh, are doing lots of research where we have, I have learned, and lots of people in Holland, of course, uh, are learning a lot. But in Holland, oh, we say, okay, Snoozeland is working, so we are doing it. So we learn a lot about um, other countries who are doing a lot of um, research, in particular client areas and, for example, the dentist, what I just was mentioning. So uh, it has a so much more development <coughs> than just, sorry, than just going into the room, putting everything on and let the miracle work, because that's not Stuslen. We are going into the room with a particular goal, uh, trying to influence behavior, trying to improve well-being, and that's the development Snoozeren has uh, had having now for the last uh, 30 years. So it's more than just going into the ball pool like the McDonald's. If we are going into the, the, the ball pool, we're doing, doing that in a conscious way and with a, a particular call for a child or for someone. It's not just jumping in the ball pool. We want to get well-being, improvement, um, development. So it's so much more what we learned the last 40 years. That's the book, 7.0. <laughs> Great. Have you used um, the Snoozeland for um, people with post-traumatic stress? Um, yes. Um, I, I worked with clients who were having post-traumatic stress during uh, their the war. Um, also um, PTS, PTTS with uh, clients with um, yeah it's, it, it's for me it's also always difficult to talk about clients uh, with uh, abuse in Israel they are working with clients with PTTS uh, with war um, examples um, yeah, that, that's difficult to talk about uh, and giving examples because that are specific clients where you work with. But for example, if you are working with a child who lost their arm or their leg uh, because of a, a bomb, for example, um, but the, the, the physiotherapist wants to work with the, the, the child to make more movement with the arms. Um, you can do it in a normal physiotherapy room, but that's very painful. 
an environment like a snoozeland room is pleasure. So how much fun is it to reach out to the, the bubbles or the, the disco ball lights? So then you reach out and you can stretch your skin if it was burned. Is that a little bit what you meant? Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited. I know you said your book is, is coming out, but it won't be in English for a while. Um, no, first it is in Dutch, and uh, then, of course, I'm going to translate it in English, and then in French and whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm doing my best to translate it uh, as quickly as possible. Wonderful. Do you have any idea when it'll be published? Or Yeah, it will be published uh, uh, next month in Dutch. We have a, a website um, uh, for, uh, especially for the book. And also on the website for the book, Snoeseland uh, 7.0, The Ilse Method, um, you will see when it will be published in English. Um, so we have a special website for it. Yeah. Okay. And is there a link from the, the Worldwide Snoeseland website to the book, I would imagine? Yes. 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 Of course. <laughs> there is. <laughs> so yeah. And um, audience, you can go to Worldwide Snoozelin.com and Snoozelin is S N O E Z E L E N. And you can also email uh, Elsa at info at Worldwide Snoozelin.com. She is also on Facebook, so just put in Worldwide Snoozelin and uh, she'll pop up and like her page. Um, I've also listed her phone number, which is. Uh, Three one is the country code, and then two nine four two five seven three three two. People from out of America want to share if they have a snoozeland room or a sensory room, or if they are doing something with sense stimulation. If they send us information to info at worldwide snoozeland.com or dot nl. Uh, we place a link to their own organization, so we promote their own, own organization. They can send uh, pictures, they can send stories, whatever. So that's why we have Worldwide Snoozelen, that we can share information around the world. Because I'm uh, in my 50s now, I can't teach forever. So that's why we have Worldwide Snoozelen, that we can learn from each other. So if you have pictures, stories, whatever, send it to us and we, we publish, publish uh, your publish, sorry, publish your uh, um, organization and your pictures or whatever. Let's share Snoozman. Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic because I, I think sharing those ideas, you know, it, it just sparks ideas for others and, and gives them an opportunity to go, oh, I could do that. Yeah. You know, and I think, I, I think that's one of the things that I, that I love about you and your approach is that it's all about you can do this you know <laughs> we can do this together and and that it sounds like obama yes we can yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we we so badly need to feel empowered um so that we can empower our, our clients and loved ones living with dementia as well yeah, if people have questions they always can call us or send us a message and we try to help Wonderful. Any any last words that you want to give or do you think we covered everything? No, yeah, I think we covered everything and I, I want to thank you that you invited me to be on your show. Um, very grateful. And for me, my mission always is to share this concept of snoozeling um, because I, I really believe that this is improving well-being. It's time to rethink. 
Renew and Reimagine Retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.